Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, where there's another statement about truth. In chapter 2, that we used to open our first service, it takes repentance given as a gift from God for us to acknowledge the truth. Chapter 4 is a prophecy, and there's never been a generation that quite fulfills this prophecy the way that we do today. And it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Timothy being a pastoral epistle, meaning the Apostle Paul wrote it to a minister, a pastor, with a warning of pastoral difficulties that were coming. And here is a description of one in verses 3 and 4 of 2 Timothy 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. We believe that time is truly here. We are able to see the fulfillment because this is a description of Christians. This is not a description of men at large, but of Christians. The time will come. It wasn't then in place but it was going to arrive where Christians would not endure sound doctrine because it takes endurance to put up with long services and to put up with long preaching and to put up with didactic type instruction other than entertainment and music shows and praise bands and other things. And so it's, it's harder to endure that. The time would come when they won't endure it. But... Instead of enduring sound doctrine, they're going to use their lusts to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They're going to want to hear new things, pleasant things, smooth things, exciting things, eloquent things to make them happy to go to church. It's, a, it's such a fun experience to be at such and such a church instead of wanting to hear the Word of God carefully read and explained, which is how Bible preaching is defined by the Bible itself. So they'll heap to themselves teachers, and so we have a big heap of them today that will make you happy if you go to their churches. And there's a few churches left where men will still try to preach the Word of God. Verse 4, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to endure it. They'll turn away. They want an easier religion. They want to be able to live the liberty of lascivious liberty that we've preached before from Second Peter. And they shall be turned into fables. They'd rather hear stories. They'd rather hear testimonies. They'd rather hear dreams. They'd rather hear visions than they would hearing the Word of God preached. The cure. The cure for this mess is found in verse 2, the first three words. Preach the word. Amen. Preach the word. That's, that's a job description for a minister. Preach the word. So before we even get started, I'm not up here telling you some story about a fishing trip this week. You wouldn't want to hear any story about me fishing anyway. No stories to tell. It's just trying to squeeze as much Bible in as we can. So it's preach the word. The cure is found back in verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. This is chapter 3, verse 16. For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. A minister with the word of God does not need to go anywhere or try anything else 
to make his congregation happy, he needs to use the Word of God. It's profitable for four things listed. It's able to make him perfect. It's able to truly furnish him to every good work that a church needs. And so we settle our case that we want revelation from God by his word, and we communicate it by preaching and singing and everything else we do in this church. We hope that we're communicating truth because we're trusting to put into practice New Testament religion. And even singing. Singing is not for the rhythm. Singing is not for the melody. Singing is for the lyrics. Singing is for the understanding, the doctrine, the admonition, the encouragement and the grace that comes flowing out of our hearts because we have a well of water in us springing up and it comes out in singing to exhort and encourage and provoke one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so everything we do is is centered around conveying truth, conveying God's revelation. We live in the perilous times of the last days. The 17 verses of chapter 3 and the first four verses of chapter 4 comprise one 21-verse lesson of warning about the decay and decline of Christians. And we're in the middle of it. Lord, help us to be strong. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're thankful for what we've learned so far in the first 19 verses of John 4, and we're looking forward to the next five verses. We pray for your blessing upon this second assembly. Heavenly Father, you have chosen us for these perilous times of the last days when men would be lovers of their own selves. They would have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They would turn away from the truth and be turned to fables. They would no longer endure sound doctrine, so they would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And Heavenly Father, we want to preach the Word. Now, Lord, our intent is to preach the Word. Our confidence is that Scripture is inspired and preserved and profitable to make the man of God perfect. But, O Lord, it's only as perfect as you give us understanding. Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Keep us from misdividing any verse of the scriptures. Keep us and hold us back from any tradition or personal opinion, preferences, or anything taught in the past that would hinder us from being humble before you and preaching something new and different if you were to show it to us. Have mercy upon us, Heavenly Father. Grant us a great measure of your Holy Spirit in this second assembly. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.